you're listening to the Wellness Cucina Podcast, where I give you tips and tricks about getting your family involved in the kitchen and making delicious and nutritious meals with ease. I'm Celestina, a chef, registered dietitian nutritionist, and a lover of good food, especially pizza. Hey, Wellness Cucina fam, Celestina here again. This week, we are talking about spices, when to go easy on them, how to go all in, and what spice combinations work the best. So recently, talking to my clients, I've found that spice combinations can be scary, and that kind of is the factor that holds them back from creating delicious, flavorful meals. So we're talking today about using different spices, and if you guys want to go back to episode 8, where I talk about using fresh herbs, fresh spices, go back there so you guys can kind of get an intro to some of the different herbs and spices I'm talking about. But today, I want to specifically focus on which spices are really impactful, which herbs are really impactful. And because they're super impactful, you should probably go a little bit easier on them. And then some that you can use basically limitlessly. So we're going to talk about all of that today. Let's start with some of the herbs and spices that you want to go easy on, right? So these are going to be your bold, warm, kind of earthy spices like allspice, clove, ginger, turmeric, mace, cinnamon, nutmeg, things like that. Basically everything that's in pumpkin spice, you want to go easy on. So if you've noticed like when you're making pumpkin spice, whatever, or however you're using pumpkin spice throughout the holidays or even in July, because who doesn't like PSL in July, right? But whenever you're using it, you notice that it's always a small amount in the recipe. And that's for a reason. These spices are really intense. So if you're cooking with them, I recommend starting out with like a pinch, like not more than that. Depending on how much you're making, you might want to go up to a teaspoon, but most recipes won't contain more than like half a teaspoon of cinnamon or something like that, unless it's a really big recipe uh, or it's making a lot of volume. So go easy on these really intense spices. It's going to help flavor the food without being super overwhelming. And remember, you can always add more if you want more of that flavor. It's a lot harder to take away a tablespoon of ground nutmeg after you've already put it in something. So that's really important to think about when you're cooking. Some intense herbs. And when I'm talking about herbs in this episode, I'm mostly referring to dried herbs just for the sake of their intensity. So fresh herbs, I feel like, again, go back to episode eight, but fresh herbs are going to bring like brightness to it. But when they dry out, their flavor intensifies a lot more. So going easy on them is going to be a better bet, especially if you're not sure of how uh, that flavor is going to pair or if you're not sure of if you like that flavor or not. So some intense herbs can be dill, oregano, sage, lemongrass. Again, go easy on these. They can be really flavorful when used well, but you don't need a lot. So use them, but minimally. Some of the other items that you can kind of just go for it are basically like basil, rosemary, parsley, thyme, tarragon, things of this nature. So these are fresh herbs that are dried and then we use them in dishes. When you're using dried herbs like this to get the most bang for your buck because their flavor can be so mellow, it's best to break them up in your hand or in like a mortar and pestle before you use them because they've been sitting for so long, they lose their flavors, their oils are still there, but they just need to be woken up a little bit. So if you just press them in the palm of your hand just a little bit before you add them to whatever you're cooking, 
they're going to be a lot more impactful. And even though you're probably using a lot more of these, the flavor is just going to be so much more intensified if you break them up in your hand first. So now we're going to go into talking about how to pair different spices with other spices and with other herbs, and even with like what kind of proteins they go in and how best they're used. So a lot of the times I find that people are nervous to mix different spices for fear of it not tasting good. But remember, trust your instincts, trust your nose. So smell different herbs and spices together. Literally like open two containers of dried herbs, dried spices, smell them next to each other, exhale off to the side, breathe them in again. This is going to give your nose a sense of one, if those spices and herbs smell good together. And two, if your tongue starts salivating, it probably is going to taste good too. So if your nose knows, then go for it. This is going to be a really good way to determine what herbs and spices go together. If you're still not trusting of your nose, I'm going to give you some common flavor combinations that can work really well. Cinnamon is typically used with desserts, right? Like a lot of the times you think of like snickerdoodle cookies or adding cinnamon to pancakes or something like that. But cinnamon can actually be used in savory cooking as well. So it pairs really well with like apples, carrots, pears, sweet potatoes, any kind of winter squash. So those can all be done savory as well. If you want, you can even add it to different proteins like chicken or lamb. It pairs really well with other spices like allspice, clove, and nutmeg. And if you look at the side of your like pumpkin spice mix, those are probably going to be what's in your pumpkin spice mix. So if you have all of those already in your cabinet, there's no reason to buy pumpkin spice already pre-made at the store. I mean, yes, it's easier, but like if you know what you're putting in at home, you can always add in a little bit more of your favorite spice to make it a little bit more special for you and your family. Okay, so another common one I feel like would be coriander. This is basically the seed of the cilantro plant that they, that they break down and they have ground coriander. It has more of an earthy, like peppery note. It works really well with like bell peppers, tomatoes, onions, potatoes. Think of like South American or like Mexican food is heavy on the coriander. Same with Indian. Those are the kind of flavors that you want to use when you're using coriander. Although truth be told, I use it in like everything. It's really good on chicken, beef, fish, pork, tofu. It's really a versatile spice. So if you don't have a lot of spices in your cabinet, I highly recommend getting some coriander. It works super well with curries, soups, with stuffing, dry rubs, and marinades. Like I said, guys, it is super, super versatile. And it pairs really well with chili powder, cumin, and cinnamon. So cumin and coriander, I feel like, are just best friends and hang out all the time because whenever I use cumin, I use coriander and vice versa. So they blend really well together and give you this like earthy, peppery, kind of lemony light note without really having to do a lot. And remember, go easy on those, especially if you're not used to using them. Let's touch on oregano next. So oregano, I'm sure you've seen it dry, used in a, probably a lot of Italian foods. It has this very like earthy, rich flavor to it. And it pairs really well with artichokes, tomatoes, bell peppers, zucchini, potatoes, and mushrooms. So if you notice, those are used a lot in like Mediterranean cuisines. So if you're making something Italian or Greek or something along those lines, using oregano would be a really good addition there. 
As far as proteins go, it goes really well with beans, with chicken, with fish, with lamb, and with pork. This can be used for like a tomato sauce that you're making at home, a salad dressing that you're making at home, um, even dry rubs and marinades. So oregano is going to provide a lot of depth of flavor into your dish. And it pairs really well with chili powder, bay leaves, and thyme. So next up is garlic powder. I would classify garlic powder as savory. And it pairs really well and works really well if you're cooking cabbage, tomatoes, zucchini, carrots, mushrooms. And unlike the oregano, where that was basically just a Mediterranean-style herb, garlic powder is super versatile. I mean, you can literally use it in any cuisine that you're cooking, from South American to Mexican to American to Asian cuisines to Indian cuisines to basically anywhere in Europe. Garlic powder is super versatile. That would definitely be one that I would recommend having at all times. It works really well if you're cooking beans with chicken, beef, fish, tofu, and the variety of uses for it, right? So like dry rubs, dressings, marinades, excellent addition to stir fry, especially if you don't have fresh garlic, an excellent addition to soups and sauces and even curries. And it pairs really well with oregano, cumin, coriander, and turmeric. And if you notice, oregano, mostly Mediterranean, cumin, coriander, mostly South American, turmeric can be Asian, can be Indian. So it's really, really versatile. I love it. Next up, ginger. I would consider this to be like a sweet, warm spice that we're using. It pairs so well with carrots, with any kind of citrus, sweet potatoes, beets, squash. As far as protein goes, it goes really well with chicken, beef, pork, tofu, and fish. And ginger being from the, the Asian regions, it's going to pair really well with rice, with curries, with stir fries, and marinades. And if you're looking for a counterpart, garlic powder and ginger go really well together. I even like doing fresh ginger and fresh garlic if you have it on hand. That combination is amazing. Ginger, though, is one of those spices that I would highly recommend going easy on. If you want the ginger flavor to be pretty present, start with a small amount and then add more as you go. Remember, you can always add more. You can't take it away. So I've mentioned it a few times now. Let's move on to turmeric which has kind of this peppery, almost bitter note. And if you've ever had fresh turmeric, you know that it stains your fingers like as soon as you touch it. If you've ever had dry turmeric and used that either in a curry spice blend or turmeric as it's on its own, you know that it kind of does that same thing to your spoons and literally everything you're cooking. But those are all of the powerful antioxidants that turmeric has. So that's actually really beneficial. And it pairs so well with cauliflower with cabbage, with potatoes, and with sweet potatoes. It's most known to be in curries, right? So like the Asian and Indian continents. And the veggies that I mentioned, they all pair so well with turmeric, and they're just so elevated by this spice. Turmeric also pairs really well with beans, lentils, fish, and tofu. And again, note that like a lot of these countries are using grains as a source of protein. So beans and lentils and tofu, they all pair really well with turmeric. So if you are making something, maybe vegan, vegetarian, try going for those countries that have vegan, vegetarian options built in to their flavor profiles already. So India, uh, a variety of countries in Asia already have some of these options built in. So if you're looking for these items, rather than reinventing the wheel, stick to the flavors that complement them already. So turmeric is going to be really well used if you're doing 
a curry, or if you're doing a rice dish. Turmeric pairs really well with cardamom and garlic powder. It also pairs really well with ginger and fresh garlic as well. Honestly, I enjoy using turmeric kind of a little out of the blue with coriander and cumin as well. So there are really a variety of different things you can do with these spices and herbs. Just again, smelling them together is gonna make it a lot more impactful for you. So let's get to one of my favorites, cardamom. So this is a more of a sweet spice that can be used both savory and with, uh, with sweets. It's really good with carrots, anything citrus, corn, peas, sweet potatoes, squash. It's also really good on berries. I know we haven't really talked much about fruit, but it is amazing on berries. It pairs really well with chicken, duck, lentils, and pork, and works perfectly with curry and rice dishes. It pairs really well with cinnamon, cumin, ginger, and turmeric. So if it pairs really well with cumin, then it also probably pairs really well with coriander. Remember what I said earlier? So kind of knowing what spices smell good with one, try smelling them with something else that that other spice smells good with. So really try and mix and match and think outside the box. It gets easier as time goes on, for sure. It's less scary, but if you don't do it, how will you ever know? So let's talk about basil. There are a variety of different kinds of basil, but they all have a very like sweet, almost peppery note to them. There's the more like Italian style, Genovese basil. This is probably the most common with like the big leaves that like drape over. Then there's also Thai style basil. That's a little bit hardier, can come in purple, can come in green. And this holds up a little bit better to heat than the other Genovese style basil does but it pairs so well with bell peppers, with eggplant, with tomatoes, with zucchini. And honestly, it works really well in Asian stews and soups as well. It pairs really well with chicken, beef, fish, and tofu, and it's great for use in pestos, in tomato sauces, in stir fries, in curries. And the best way to store it is actually in a jar on the countertop for five to seven days. So you're probably gonna hear this a couple more times, but for this method, you wanna fill a jar halfway with water, put the basil in, and then I actually like to cover it with like a plastic baggie on top and you're creating like a hothouse effect. So it stays moist, it stays plump, and it lasts for about seven to 10 days like this on your counter. Cilantro I feel like is used a lot in like Mexican cuisine and South American cuisine, but it can also be used in Asian cuisine as well. So this bright citrusy herb pairs really well with avocados, tomatoes, and bell peppers. And as far as proteins go, chicken, fish, shellfish, lamb, lentils, and tofu. Again, notice how this is crossing a lot of different borders, right? So we have maybe some Asian influence with the fish and the tofu, and then maybe some Indian influence with the lamb and the lentils. Don't feel like you have to be stuck to a certain type of cuisine using only one or two herbs and spices. You can really eat the world by using a variety of different spices and herbs. So cilantro is going to be best used in what you probably know, right? Like salsas, guacs, Indian style chutneys. It's an excellent addition to soups like pho. It works so well in curries and it's actually a great addition to fresh green salads. It brightens it up and adds this like lemony flavor. So storing this two ways that I found have worked great. You can do in a jar in the fridge, like the way I mentioned earlier, and that lasts for about seven to 10 days, or you can roll cilantro in a damp paper towel and then put that into a plastic baggie, make sure you get all the air out, and that'll stay in the fridge for about 10 to 14 days. 
I recommend putting it on the lower side of the fridge, so like as far down to the bottom as you can go, so that it doesn't freeze, and it works perfectly. Next up, let's talk about lemongrass. This is very zesty and citrusy, like its name depicts, and it's really well used in Asian-style food, right? So it works super well with bell peppers and tomatoes, both ingredients in a variety of different curries. It works really well with chicken, beef, pork, and fish, and pairs perfectly in Asian soups, like pho, in a variety of rice dishes, in curries, in marinades, and you can even use it as tea. This is one herb that you're probably only gonna use when you're cooking Asian style, unless you wanna do some type of fusion um, in your household. This is best stored in a damp paper towel in the fridge for about 10 to 14 days. Next up, sage. So I mentioned this one earlier as being one that can be really intense. It's especially intense when you're using it fresh. So whether you are using it fresh or dried, I recommend going easy. This is gonna have a very like woody taste to it and it can become very impactful and overpowering very quickly. It pairs really well with Brussels sprouts, with eggplant, with peas, with winter squash, and on the fruit side of things, even if you wanna do that a little bit savory, it pairs really well with apples. It's perfect for pork. Tastes really good on beef and turkey as well. You'll probably most use it during like the holidays when you're making stuffing, um, but it also works really well in salad dressings and in soups, in risottos. It is the best brown butter sauce you'll have for your pasta. So you literally just brown some butter in a pan, toss a couple of leaves of sage in there and just toss your pasta in, it'll be delicious. Sage is also perfect on any kind of roasted veggies. And this is best stored in a damp paper towel in the refrigerator for 10 to 14 days. And last but not least, thyme. This actually has more of like a minty, almost lemony flavor to it. And it pairs so well with carrots, peas, potatoes, winter squash, tomatoes. It's gonna provide a lot of complexity to your dishes. And it pairs really well with chicken, pork, lamb, duck, and fish. And it's served best with rice, you can add it to dips, into stews. I honestly like to just throw the whole sprig of thyme in into stews or into anything I'm cooking because the leaves fall off and all you have to do is pick out the stem at the end. It works super well with roasted veggies and in tomato sauces. This is gonna be best stored in a damp paper towel in the fridge for 10 to 14 days. If you guys wanna see the links to these infographics that I have, shoot me a message at chef underscore RDN on Instagram. I will more than happily send you guys the links so that you can use these in your cooking at home as well. As always, thank you so much for listening. Reach out via email at cbrunettiwellness at gmail.com to leave comments, tell me about show topics you'd like to hear, or just to say hi. Check out Wellness Cucina's Instagram at chef underscore RDN for cooking tips, recipes, and IGTV videos that relate to the podcasts. If you're interested in learning more about how you and your family can build stronger bonds while gaining kitchen confidence, schedule a complimentary call. Link is in the show notes.